Ladies and gentlemen, what is the greatest thing that you've ever heard of in your life? It's nachos. And not just any nachos. It's the nachos that Chris and Sandra bring you each and every week. Nacho Mama's Food Truck. NachoMamaSeattle.com Let me tell you where they're going to be this week. Wednesday, the 24th, Black Raven Brewing in Redmond from 4 to 7 p.m. Stoop Brewing on the 25th, it's a Thursday. Ballard, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday, Urban Family Brewing in Ballard, 1 to 7 p.m. And then Sunday, the 28th of February, Locust Cider and Brewing in Woodenville from 1 to 5 p.m. Go get your nachos and the best drinks alongside of them that you could even fathom in your brain. And the specials, Mushroom Burger Nachos. Mushroom Burger Nachos, Fontina Cheese Sauce. Ground Beef with Bacon Baby. Sautéed Mushrooms and Pickled Red Onions. One of those staples, the Pickled Red Onions of Nacho Mama's Baby. And then uh, Lemony Lentil Soup topped with sweet corn, margarita lemon, and saffron oil available with spicy chicken or not. You can go vegan. And then the sweet tooth, orange ginger brownie. Thank you so much. Chris and Sandra tell us each and every week, Nacho Mama's Food Truck, NachoMamaSeattle.com, at NachoMamaSCA on Twitter, and Instagram at Nacho Mama Seattle on Facebook and man hashtag nachos and beer and dig it, love it, eat it. The best nachos on the planet today. And we're back on the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast with Podcast Guy. Wow, thanks for having me, man. Be talking to some of the fans up in the, the Pacific Northwest. Your Jimmy got him. Yeah, pretty good, darling. Pretty good. Yo! We're the Boros twins. They know we like PCO to the horror show. Freaking me out, man. <laughs> Freaking me out, yo! We are leaving the station! L Train, take us out! Hey, yo, this is the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is the L-Train, and we're back for uh, number 189, and I got a superb guest this week, man. He is the first ever, without a cause, Stallions champion, man, Keita Murray, man. How, Keita? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Oh, man, I'm I'm doing great. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, Monday night here as we're recording this. I'm just relaxing. We've been trying to hook this up for a little while. A couple things just happened and uh, couldn't get it done. So I'm just uh, enjoying uh, chilling here tonight and uh, chatting with you, man. Uh, how's it going on your end? It's going good, man. Thank you. Uh, just had a good day. Um, worked out earlier. Had a zoom audition earlier as well um and then about to start meal prepping but i said hold up wait a minute let me call in <laughs> <laughs> getting your meal prep on huh man you keeping uh, up on your nutrition uh you do you 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 make your stuff once a week get it all uh put it into your tupperware containers yeah. how's that work for I, you 
as best as I can, I try to keep up. Yeah. Um, it works uh, as far as like I try at least I like to have my food a little bit fresh. Um, so I like to cook maybe about like two or three days of food, mostly two days of food. And then I'll cook on that next like round of my last meals. And because uh, I used to cook about like weeks long, uh, like about a week in advance. And by the time day four or five came, food is not good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've done that myself where you kind of like cook up some veggies, throw it in there, and then you throw your chicken breast or your, your um, you know, turkey patty or whatever on top of it. And then, you know, maybe day four, you start getting those veggies or just getting a little too, you know, something, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know how it goes. A little brown on the ends and a little mushy on some other ends. <laughs> so what is your go-to stuff, man? What do you like? The chicken? You like steak? I mean, you know, you're young. You can eat all that stuff and just put it away, right? <laughs> Cheeseburgers, whatever uh, you want. No. <laughs> <laughs> I try um, I try my best to eat as, uh, as well, I guess I would say. Um, I don't, I'm not too strict of a diet, but um, I do my I just I had a, a trainer for a bit and he got me in the in the routine of eating uh beef like ground beef but like 90% uh lean 10% fat um so you s- still get like you don't get as much fat in the beef um keeps you pretty lean and honestly like uh sticking on that diet and eating about like a cup cup and a half uh each meal for about like four or five times a day really does help Hmm. We take it down with that, like some brown rice, uh, you know, cooking yeah. up a mix of veggies Jazz, to go with it. Jasmine rice, I usually is my go to because that's like about like the from what he has told me and from research I've done. I have tried brown rice in the past, but I don't think it's as effective as jasmine rice, to be honest. <laughs> and, you know, before this pandemic, you know, we'll talk about the pandemic and all that stuff when that hit. But, uh, you know, when you're on the road, uh, you know, did you meal pep for the road or was it kind of like you would just hit wherever in the car on the way with the guys or whoever, you know, or what, yeah, how did that, that work was, out? That was usually me <laughs> just <laughs> grabbing whatever that was in with the guys or I never really meal prepped. Um, but I think this go around as far as if wrestling, once we start touring around, once we we're able to, um, I think I will be more of a meal prepping guy because that was a lot of money spent. And like, honestly, not a lot of good food. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You're not eating that healthy on the road unless you can hit like yeah. maybe some certain places, maybe a Cadoba and get a protein bowl or a Subway or something. But exactly, yeah, you get some sweet spots in some places, but not most of the times. Well, a lot of times you guys leave these shows, you know, on the independent circuit. It's pretty late at night. A lot of these places are probably closed up, other than the 24 hour fast food, right? Yep, exactly. Like Del in <clears throat> California, it's like the Del Taco or like Taco Bell. Or something of art, you know, but California little late nights aren't too bad because there's in and out and there's always one that's maybe somewhere locally around, mm-hmm. not too far out. So, I mean, it's not the best food, but better than, I guess, other fast food places that is open late. Hey, at least you got that in and out down there, man. The closest one yeah. from here is probably a six hour drive to Oregon, I think. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> we got plenty of other great places. Don't get me wrong, though. But uh, yeah, no, definitely. I uh, I've never been up in. Uh, wait, you guys? No, you guys are in Washington. Yeah, I've been there. You've been there at least a couple times or once. Yeah, and then but Oregon, <laughs> I've have yet been. Oh, to, okay. So. Well, uh, 
hopefully when things come around, you know, with, uh, you know, who you are now, the without a cause stallion champion, uh, stallions champion, excuse me, will get you, uh, get you on the whole scene around here at least, you know, or I can't wait to see, uh, you know, wrestling live. And I really can't wait to see you come to without a cause and, uh, you know, defend your championship, but we'll, we'll get into that in a minute, man. But, uh, so where are you calling from right now? You down in California? Yes. So I'm in, uh, Los Angeles, well, Hollywood to be exact, but in Los Angeles. Yeah. Damn Hollywood, man. You're you're like rolling (laughs) in the dough up there, Beverly Hills. And you know, Uh, no, man, (laughs) I'm like right in the, I would say the Beverly slums of Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, I didn't know, you know, Max was throwing you that much dough to be the champion. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. At least not yet. (laughs) Oh man, so what? Uh, you know what's going on there these days, man. You know, you know, wrestling ain't been oh, too man. much going on. Uh, you know, not much else. But uh, you know, what's your thing down there? Uh, you know, in uh, Los Angeles, Hollywood, wherever it is, you say, man. Uh, what do you do? You, do you work? Uh, you know, what's your hobbies? Yeah. And shit? So uh, I like. So what I have been doing during the pandemic, honestly, is working a lot on fitness, and because that's only, um, it's very weird being in this area during this time because uh there's not a lot there wasn't a lot to do i would say so um from uh, the beginning of this to now i think we had a couple months where we did open back up for a little bit like at least a month and then we shut right back down so since september i would say it's been hard because that's i think that's when everything shut back down so we had a little bit of enjoyment and then it was cut cut away you know so um, since then, I just really dove into working out and because the outdoors gyms were still open. So that's basically the only thing I could do is work and then work out and go to the gym. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's mostly what I've been doing. But within the past, I would say two months, I have been dipping my toes and hoping to take off and acting. Um, I've been doing a few um like auditions and open castings and things like that for different roles um i actually just booked two uh two jobs two gigs for next week so i'm looking forward to that dang man how um <clears throat> pardon me um how'd you get into this acting man have you done some stuff like back in high school like for you know drama class or anything like that or is it just something kind of something came to you recently no, um, it kind of came to me recently, but as well, like, I've always been interested in acting. Um, like, ever since uh, I was younger, and, like, even in high school, I was uh, junior year, I, because I always, you know, I was a cool kid, so I was just, like, <laughs> acting, being a theater kid, not cool. Um, but junior year of high school, I was just like, you know what, fuck it. Um, I don't care what anyone really thinks of me. Mm-hmm. This is something that I've always had an interest in, so I joined the drama. Uh, I had, like, drama class. Uh, every day for as a class and then I was also in the drama club so I had uh, done some plays um, within the school production as well too so my last two years of high school I was a theater kid for a little bit um well and then uh I'm sorry oh I'm just like tell us about that a little bit man how hard that how hard is that man I might I have enough I have enough problems, like maybe remember what I want to say on a five-minute opening for my podcast, right? I need to write stuff (laughs) down. And obviously, you got to go out there at these things. Pardon me. My throat's a little... But um, Um, you got to remember that kind of stuff, right? I think it's the allergies. I don't know. But same, I had a cup of tea right before this just to get ready. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I got to take a sip here. Hold on one second. No problem. All right. But what I was saying is, man, how tough is that to go out there 
I mean, you're not taping this to put on video later, right? You're, this is in front of drama. There's people standing out there watching you, I'm assuming. And you got to remember these lines. How tough is that? Uh, it was, uh, now it's extremely tough. I think then when I wasn't in landing on my head so much and losing a little bit of my <laughs> thoughts <laughs> so quickly, um, and I was in high school, I would say, uh, it wasn't, and because we had time, they would let us at least, we would have rehearsals at least for two to three hours, maybe I believe three times a week. Um, I would say about a month out before the play. So with that, I would say it was extremely helpful with that because we got to perform on the stage and, you know, the lines, I think mostly came, they, they were important, but I think once we got the groove of it a couple of times, it just became natural. You know, it was kind of like wrestling and like kind of wrestling the same person mm. um, or like practicing with the same person. And then you guys go out there and perform for a match. It's like, you're comfortable with each other. You already know what the other person is going to say. So you kind of like bounce back off of each other. Kind of like you're just feeding off the other person. You know, when they hit yeah. that, you know what what's coming back. Exactly. Yeah. And, but I would say the lines part is harder now. Cause like I have been having to like, uh, learn lines before having these auditions and, oh my God, am I having so much trouble? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was thinking, like, uh, it wasn't so hard in high school. Like, why is it so hard now to just remember a paragraph? But at the same time, this is me trying to remember these lines under a little bit of pressure within, like, a week of notice sometimes, if lucky. But, like, the last notice I got was a day notice, Whoa. like a day or two notice to remember, like, a few sentences and then record myself and send it to them. So it's a little bit, I would say it's a little bit harder now, but. Well, how do yeah. you, how do you practice for something like that? Do you stand in a room and just do your thing? Like maybe you're doing a wrestling promo, trying to remember things like, okay, I got to hit these things, but I got, you know, it's a play. So you pretty much got to get it line for line. I'm assuming unlike yeah, a promo, you yeah. can just get your points in there, but, uh, you exactly. know, or as you bouncing it off a uh, family, a friend, a girlfriend or whatever, boyfriend, whatever it might be. Yeah, like, I would say it's, like, it's, you just kind of, like, get into the groove of it. Like you said, like, with a promo. Um, you kind of just, like, what I like to do is just, like, read over the lines and fill out exactly how that, how, uh, how that person is feeling. And then I try to, like, my best to get into how that person will be feeling and how I would act within that feeling. Um, so then that, there comes the reactions um, within the lines. And that's the stuff that isn't told, you know, to us to do. And you kind of have to figure it out on your own. And that's kind of like the art to it, I guess. <laughs> and you ever been one, in one of these performances and got in there and suddenly that freaking line just didn't come to you? <laughs> um, I And like as far as like a live action play, like honestly, yeah, all the time. Like <laughs> even come promos for wrestling. Yeah, like. Uh, oh my god i i'm honestly not the best i'm i'm not even close to being the best at promos i it's hard it's com it's difficult but it does come easy for some people um like i had a tag team partner and actually my best friend in high school that we like started wrestling together oh, and promos for him came so easy like 
ever since day one. Even like he would just be able to cut really well promos. And me, on the other hand, I get too much in my head while cutting them, which makes me stutter or just completely not even make sense at times. <laughs> Have you ever, you know, done a promo in a ring where you just kind of lost yourself in it a little bit and kind of just didn't make any sense when you got it done? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, uh, when I first started, for sure. And then kind of, I kind of started to shy myself away from promos. And I think that's where I hurt myself a little bit. Um, because I was start, because I knew how not good I was. So then I just was more of like, just, okay, I'll just go out and showcase and show my matches or, I was drinking orange soda that time for a gimmick. So <laughs> that's all I really did. <laughs> so I didn't really have to say much, but, um, drinking, but now drinking orange soda. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That cracked me. No, up. no problem. But now with promos, it's just like, um, there was one promo I cut one time. Then sometimes you have these moments where like everything just is good. And I remember one promo I cut in a ring after like a match and just it was like an out of body moment where I was like watching myself cut the promo and everything just flowed so well, you know. So it comes and goes. <laughs> Do you think your uh, drama thing really helped with the promos, though, or is it maybe just the opposite? Um, I I would say a little bit of both. I do want to <laughs> say um with the opposite, but also like just because professional wrestling is different and i think it's just like i think i never really thought to combine the two ever honestly as far as like as far as like talking wise like facials and like expressions and everything i feel like i'm good at but as far as like speaking and improvising and speaking on my own it's hard honestly what I like to say is like it's easy for me to play a character. It's a little bit hard for me to play myself, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. I don't know. I, I think I do know, but is it something like maybe if you're in there kind of going at it with someone else, like in a verbal exchange, like that's pretty easy because you're feeding off the other person. But if you're exactly. out there by yourself a little bit, like yes. in the ring, you got the mic, you kind of just kind of like, okay, <laughs> you know. That's exactly it. Yes, it's the being able to bounce off of someone. And just, it's not a lot of pressure on you. You have that little time that's not awkward that you get to think, and it's not complete silence, you know? Besides, when you're in there and you're cutting the promo yourself, and you have those moments where you're trying to think, and it's just awkward silence at the same time. So, you know, like, my trainer uh, told me about, like, the Bobby Heenan trick, and, like, or, like, his trainer used to laugh, you know, when they kind of like got lost in their promos, like it was part of their character was to just outburst into laughter, like in an evil way. Um, and then continue to cut the promo because I gave them time to like think. Just use it as a little filler while you're clearing the old mind. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> oh man, that's, that's incredible, man. The Bobby Heenan thing. I like that. <laughs> I'm a huge Bobby Heenan fan. Cause you know, I'm from, more of that era, you know, I'm almost 49 years old. I like to tell everyone how old I am all the time, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I have fun, man. I love pro wrestling. I love it. You know, uh, what's going on today with everything, but Bobby Heenan, man, that guy was such an incredible, I don't know if you ever got to watch back uh, him just doing commentary with nitro and, uh, raw. 
but uh, um, some of the best I, stuff ever. Yeah, I, I didn't get to, I mean, besides being able to, like, watch the network and watch some of those episodes, yeah, but not growing up and being, I, I wish I was able to. Yeah, I know. But if you ever get a chance, do go back on the network. Just look up Bobby Heenan. You know, like, you don't even have to watch him when he's, like, you know, a manager or anything. Like, that's amazing stuff, too. But just the stuff he comes up with as he's, um, you know, on the uh, announce team for Nitro and when he was working with uh, Vince on Raw. He was just, it was incredible. And they said he really probably could have had his own, you know, Tonight Show, like a Don, Johnny Carson or Jay Leno or, you know, Dave Letterman or some of those guys, and he would have been incredible. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. <laughs> so, hey, man, uh, other one thing to jump back on, when you were in uh, school and stuff, you are into the drama, the acting. Were you into any sports at all? You know, football, wrestling, basketball, you know, swimming, anything? I actually did uh, wrestling. Um, I started my freshman year of high school. So you did some amateur wrestling. How how did that go for you, man? Did did you enjoy it? Uh, was it what you think it was going to be? Um, it was definitely not what I thought it was going to I mean, it was different. It was – I appreciate it a lot in my life now because it definitely, like – they do say wrestling sharpens you for to be a man, basically, and like I, I would agree. So like it's a never die, never quit, you know, mentality when you're doing that sport, and that mentality does carry on if you let it. Um, so like you know, with your wrestling training afterwards, like professional wrestling training, like having to put my push myself to the limit, like you know like first couple of months of training where it's all conditioning um that having amateur background really helped with mm-hmm. that um it it's uh the i wish i had taken it a little bit more seriously though um i had joined during a time where i feel like um a lot of the kids on my team were doing it since they're they were kids mm-hmm. so by the time they were in high school they were so good mm-hmm. that they knew no one could really beat them, so they were kind of ass clowns. Uh, <laughs> um, so, like, I just wish I was able. I was like on a more like focused and more of a well, tougher team. How, how did you do personally in it? You know, because I, I wrestled in high school for a couple years because I thought it was going to be more like a pro wrestling thing, and it wasn't. Yeah, obviously, yeah. when I got there. But I adjusted because my friends would wrestle and stuff, but I just wasn't that good. In practice, I was really good, and I could take on, you know, some of the best, the best. guys at my yep. weight. But you put me out there against a guy I didn't know from a good, you know, another team. I didn't do well, so I don't know what it was, stage fright or I don't know, man. It was just what it was. But uh, how did you do when you went out there taking on other teams? I would say I was in the same boat, honestly. Like, um, it was – I was – I was well in training. Like I wasn't the best. I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't, I was in moderate, but I was average. You know, I was, I would be able to take on some of the best in our team and not let them beat me by much. I think, uh, but in matches, I would, uh, at first when I was freshman, I think I was good. I was very on and off though. Um, like, I don't want to downplay myself and say I was bad because I wasn't the worst. The thing was is that I was in, like you say, there's weight classes. I was in that position where it, on my team, I was in a certain weight classes between, like, I believe 145, 152. Mm-hmm. So 
they would always the kid that was around the same weight class as me was like one of our studs on the team <laughs> and so every time it would be more of a defensive move to throw me out there gotcha um so they would always kind of because on the other teams it would always be like one of the better kids like they already knew i was good but i wasn't great so if there was another great person on that team at 145 or 152 they would and if they knew that they could beat our stud they would throw me against him to try to know that they're going to lose but have me out there and not loop, pit, get pinned you know what i mean gotcha. that was always the mentality and that's what i kind of regret as far as my coaches and my team so did you ever thought about you know okay i can't get it in at this weight class maybe i should drop you know whatever it is down to the weight class below it and kick this guy's ass uh, I love food too much. <laughs> I, uh, I wasn't crazy for that. Like that was my thing. Like I, I knew my limit. I could drop, you know, the four pounds or so if I was over like one, the certain limit. But I'm, I wasn't one of those kids. I was starving myself the whole season. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Um, I saw those kids up close and personal, and oh. they lived a tragic hell for those months. And I'm okay. Dude, um, my, he was the, uh, coach the freshman year, but then he left and he told me this cause he was still a teacher walking around school one time cause I wrestled 141, but there was a stud there and I don't know. I just, I would think it was kind of fatty, you know, I, I wasn't fat, but I had like a dough boy looking to me, you know, I wasn't yeah. uh, hitting it hard. And he was like, Lyle, if you could ever get down to 129, you'd get, go to state. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not giving up, you know, the six pack of cheeseburgers at lunch and mom's cooking and going to grandma's on the weekend, my friend. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly that. Like, I know a lot of kids who would skip their grandma's dinner and, like, are you serious? Oh, dude, my boys, Boy. uh, uh, they, my Jeff and Floyd and Donnie, these guys look like skeletons during the season. Like they looked yeah. terrible and they were, they were good, but I think if they all went up one weight class, they probably would have won championships. But I mean, Floyd went to state, Jeff did really well. And so did Donnie. I think it was an alternate uh, state or something, but up here in Washington, but man, look at those guys. When you can pinch a person's skin and it doesn't go back, you don't have another wa- enough water in your system. <laughs> That's hundred percent true. Oh yeah. my God. That's it, not good for me. Yeah, that's where I was at. I, yeah. Oh, my man. When did you first um, find out about professional wrestling? Uh, were you in the house one day flipping channels? Was it the family watched it, a friend? How did you find this thing called professional wrestling? I was young. Like, one of my first memories, honestly, is a lot of, like, so, like, The Undertaker, Sacrifice of Stone Cold, and Stephanie McMahon. Oh, damn. That's, like, about my youngest memories um and then when jericho debuted i i remember that that was like 2000s or so so those are my earliest memories um but like from 2002 and so on like once i was able to like understand it and even at that time i think i started to even like do some like back now like basement wrestling with my friends um I was, you know, that's where I was, like, really into it. So, like, 2002 up. But I do have vague memories, like, 
of early WWF like attitude era as well too. <laughs> and how did you get those memories? Was someone at your house have it on or were you just flipping channels? Yeah, so I believe my mom's uh boyfriend at the time, she uh he was very much he was a big wrestling fan and uh like to the point where we had like this is like we had the WCW NWO boxers, like pajamas. And like the thing is I never watched WCW but I knew who NWO was <laughs> and like, so like it was just, but we were a big WWE like household, I guess. Like he was a big like rock fan. Um, he knew who Chris Jericho was when he debuted it. So like, I mm. feel like he watched WCW, maybe not with me, but like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, but growing up, yeah, it was, he was a big wrestling fan where like even my earliest birthdays where I have a picture and I had a big wrestling theme party and I was about Shit. four or five. Man, that's a, that's, you know, four or five. You're already having a WWF party, man. That's something. Else. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I have a picture where I'm blowing out a cake and it's a WWF cake and you can see like the Undertaker and the rock like on the cake and like behind me as well too. Oh my God, man. Just a little <laughs> side note before we move on. Did you happen to watch young rock? No, I did not. <laughs> I watched it, man. It was it was fun for a guy like me, you know, because I'm a little older and I knew the characters that were in it because they brought in Andre and the Iron Sheik and a couple yes. people from Rocky Johnson's day, right? Because, you know, Rock was just a kid at the time. But it, it's a great time. I enjoy it. I don't know if the show will make it very many years, but uh, if you have, <laughs> like, some way to watch it on demand on – hulu or cable or dish or something man check it out it's about 25 minutes and it's it's funnier than hell. That's not bad. i will i definitely want to check it out i've watched the, like most of the stuff they have put out like promoting it and it looks very like it looks like it's like you said it's a comedy for now and uh it's gonna be what it is <laughs> well i'm just you know i don't know how many today's wrestling fans or people are just watching tv will know who some of the characters are like everyone knows andre is but some of the other ones maybe not but uh man so your mom's boyfriend really got you into some wrestling man and uh and then in 2002 you really started picking up so who were the who were the wrestlers that really um grabbed you you couldn't wait each and oops sorry slammed my table there each and every week to see these guys or these gals or whoever it was um, so my favorites at the time was like, I did enjoy like, uh, Brock Lesnar and cereal, but like, honestly, like Matt Hardy in the Mattitude era was my number one, <laughs> like big time fan of Matt Hardy. And like, I did love the rock, but that was mostly cause my mom's boyfriend at the time had loved the rock a lot. <laughs> um, so I was a big rock mark and, um, uh, it was the rock. Yeah. The rock and Matt Hardy. Cause like. I, for some reason, I just had a, I was a big Matt Hardy fan. What was it about mm-hmm. Matt Hardy, man, that just grabbed you? Was it the, just him as yeah. a single? Uh, cause maybe he wasn't teaming with uh, Jeff at this point or what was going yeah, on? Yeah, It was like different. Cause I, I did like the Hardy boys, you know? So like, then it was just Matt Hardy and then it was Mattitude and like his entrance was fucking awesome. Like yeah. the man had a keyboard playing like a computer keyboard being played and then like the whole Mattitude facts every week it was fun to like look forward to you know what i mean like what's going to be that Mattitude fact of the week now you know <laughs> and his gear was awesome his pants like his pajama pants versace 
whatever they were <laughs> like <laughs> you know like the purple ones with mm-hmm. the cool designs on it and uh i was really intrigued by that and like just his wrestling style too like he wasn't the biggest guy but he always like did dirty stuff you know what i mean like he always won and in that part he was always winning when he did win was and it was dirty you know what i mean um it was like it was like a cheap hill kind of thing and i love even to this day i love cheap hill or like you know chicken shit hill shit yep. so you know so i think that's what drew me in oh man and, uh... i was also a big thing too was like that was my character i would like wrestle as when me and my friends wrestle was matt hardy <laughs> so like that was even more so why i did like him well before i move on anything else tell us a little more about that basement wrestling with you and your buddies because <laughs> me and my friends on recess would do it out behind the portable until the lunchroom ladies or whoever the recess ladies right would come probably different times for you but we used to have recess ladies back in my day they'd walk around and all they'd come around the corner like what are you guys doing you can't be doing this stuff you know because we're like w or nwa you know back in the day you know wcw guys portland wrestling guys and we were just having a blast but you know they thought they were gonna they thought we were gonna kill ourselves so tell us about your basement wrestling (laughs) federation um so we yeah it was called basement wrestling federation um (laughs) (laughs) and then it was just a group of guys and like i guess they were already doing it for a while and i just my brother started doing it he was about four to five years old he's four years older than me and he and i was a big wrestler fan too and he knew that so he just brought me to watch one day and then i was just like and then his friends were cool and i was just like hey like they let me join and uh at first i was like the referee you know and then i finally got like the whole character given to me and their whole thing was they would just reenact characters of their favorites you know who was on tv at that time and uh so the vince mcmahon of basement wrestling federation moved you up finally from uh you know refereeing to character exactly yes he moved me on up (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy how it works out because like i was in a whole room for a meeting (laughs) like you know what i mean like it was the whole nine like it was a federation through and through. <laughs> like, Did you guys have belts, championships? Yes. So we would we would buy the replicas and <laughs> the plastic ones at least, yep. and we would use the replicas and we would record it. Like we had a camcorder and we had tapes. We had different, and we would have to change out the tapes because you know they only ran for certain minutes, and we would have to mark every single one. And you know, like we had milk crates and. Shit. We would get the milk crates from because I, I, I haven't said this at all, but like I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and so the bodegas, the corner stores, they would have the milk crates, you know, outside, and we would, you know, at night when they were closed, <laughs> go and grab them, bring them to the basement, and build up a stage, and then go out buy some curtains, curtain rods, and just have a whole titantron going on. Um, lights you know like christmas lights we had all different ones orange ones blue ones black ones red ones and like we would film like two times a week and try to do like our own raw and smackdown dude who's ever running production here is phenomenal 
oh my god he really is like it was amazing like i'm telling you it's it's amazing <laughs> now you, <laughs> was, did you say something about this was taped is there any footage that we can find of this so i've tried to ask him for it uh there's nothing as far as like in the actual basement because then the basement had evolved it had evolved to apartment wrestling because then <laughs> you know people had moved out moved on but still wanted to do it <laughs> um so there's that's when we started getting into the digital age of like you know video recorded like camp like you know being able to put it on the computers from there and there's some footage of that uh is it on youtube uh it's not up <laughs> come on <laughs> man it can be up it definitely can be up but uh i was told early in my career that that could and this is why i do kind of hate when i started wrestling because like it was during that weird time where backyard wrestling was still looked down upon right and now we have people who are signed who broke out during a backyard show you know what i mean <laughs> Uh, I've talked to a couple guys where we discussed that and then kept it, you know, off air and they're doing really good right now. And I'm not going to say who exactly. those people are obviously, but it it's great. But, uh, dude, let's, you know, how did, how did you know you wanted to be a pro wrestler? It was during that time, um, during that whole basement, like I just loved the whole performing thing. And then just like that's why I had joined amateur wrestling like in high school like I didn't really want to join but I thought that was a way to become like a really good professional wrestler was to have some amateur background and that's literally the only reason why I pushed myself for four years throughout high school is and then but the day like that I really really knew that I wanted to start being a professional wrestler was the day after WrestleMania 29. And, like, honestly, the drive back, because I had went live to WrestleMania 29 and watched. And, like, the drive back, I was in college, and, like, I was just like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not enjoying life right now. Like, that's what I want to do. You know what I mean? And I just watched up close and personal what I really love to do. And, like, I was like, I can't go to college, like, continuing to, like, do something that I don't really love, you know, and waste money on it and time. So which WrestleMania was this? Was one of the uh, Rock and Cena matches? Yes. So um, <laughs> funny enough, I got to watch both of them live because I went to the one previous. Oh, damn. <laughs> too. Look so, at yeah. You. Uh, what was that? I said, look at you, man. Multiple <laughs> WrestleManias in my whole life. Well, I've been to one. The WrestleMania 19 that was in Seattle. Um, and Safeco you Field. know what? I don't want to hear it because that's my favorite WrestleMania. Seriously, like, <laughs> it's it's really good one, man. It's a really really good one. So many great matches. My brother at the last second got me a birthday thing. We got the final two tickets in the very top row in Safeco, and it was freaking awesome, dude. Like I couldn't even uh, believe it. A great card, but I, uh, uh, was, to see I, the Rock and Cena two years in a row, I don't know if you should be uh, upset with me. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But like. <laughs> WrestleMania 19, that's my favorite. That was the first one I got to watch live. Like, that's the one that I remember. Like, I watched, we ordered the pay-per-view. Like, I, they let me stay up late to, like, yes. midnight to watch the whole thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> and just, like, that Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho match. Oh. 
the ending well, of that the, the match was incredible, but then the ending where Jericho finally like you know drills him in the nuts, I think, and you yeah. know just like oh, it was great. <laughs> and then McMahon and uh, and Hulk and, and Hogan, yeah, like dude. and then the Rock and Stone Cold final like match. Stone you know? Cold's last match, I was there. I can't even believe it. I wish it wasn't his last match, man, because I was a big Stone Cold fan, man. Were you a big Stone Cold guy? Uh, when, or you know? Yeah, I was. I mean, I was a big Rock fan, but Stone Cold like. It wasn't like I didn't hate Stone Cold. Like I loved them too, but I loved The Rock more. But like Stone Cold, yeah, he was the man. Like I, I respect him. Like that was the man. Oh man, he's great. I still love funny. his uh, podcast and uh, the the ones he does on the network too. Were you about to say something? Oh no, just like Stone Cold was funny. Like towards the end of his run, when he was doing comedic stuff, like. Oh. Funny as shit. That stuff with him and Kurt Angle backstage with McMahon yeah. is gold, dude. It's some of the best. Like, you could put that up against some of the wrestling, greatest wrestling main events ever and just bring out this footage of them just goofing backstage. And it was good stuff. <laughs> They're playing those guitars and wearing the cowboy hats and shit. Oh, God. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to I go talk know. about it, bro. I do know. I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. Anyway, man, uh, back to you. Uh, so you started watching this, the WrestleManias and stuff, uh, thinking about wrestling. Uh, dude, How wh when you decided to be a wrestler, did you break it on your family? Like, hey, I'm going to go do this thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I told my mom, hey, uh, I'm going to drop out of college because oh. I don't want to really go anymore, and I want to pursue this thing in professional wrestling. And because uh, I think at that time I had found a gym, a school. So um, I already had like my mind going. Oh, no, actually, I didn't find the school yet. I'm lying. That was a whole year later. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just told her, hey, I, I want to work and like college isn't working out for me and I want to do professional wrestling and I'm going to find a way to do it. Um, and then she had responded back with, well, you remember how I told you. Um, as long as you're going to school, you wouldn't have to pay to live here. I said, yeah. So, and then she said, well, guess what? Rent's next month. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So I said, oh, okay. Mom's going to make you learn. So, exactly. Yeah. My mom did not play around. Um, so, mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was a little bit of a hassle, but then it was worth it. I had, like, ended up moving out on my own and then ended up the same month of moving out i had started wrestling uh training so then it was just like a whole new journey from there so how did you find this training uh did you find it online at that point somebody tell you uh how did you do it and uh when did you reach out uh yeah so i found out so i had i guess heard about it early on um when i was like 15 and had reached out and then complete they were located where in the same city and i then gone fast forwarding to a year after me dropping out um me and my best friend wanted to move to kentucky to join ovw um and then but we just didn't know how we were going to make that happen <laughs> we were it, like two and were 18. you in pennsylvania at this point Yes, yes. So, so I was in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Gotcha, gotcha. Sorry to interrupt, but I was I needed to ask that. Oh, no problem. Thank you. I forgot. <laughs> I'm sorry. So <laughs> yes, we were in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And uh, so 
we were going to make the move to Kentucky. Um, we were just going to decide we were going to save as much money as we can and move out there, find a job and start training. And then, so we started doing more digging around for wrestling schools and we ended up coming across the one that I had reached out to when I was 15. You see, when I was 15, I had emailed them saying, how can I join being under 18? And they had emailed me back, like, you need a parent to sign. And which I never got back to them because I knew my mom would never had signed at that point. (laughs) So um, She ain't sending her baby Kita off to wrestle at 15. Literally, literally. So then, <laughs> so then we fast forward to now I'm 19, and um, we I had come across the school again, and then we had reached out to them, and I guess at that point they were actually doing, um, they were doing like they had told us that we could come to one of their training classes, and like so we went, we talked to the who would end up being my trainer. His name is Justin Glory. Uh, ended up talking to him and then they like had a show going on for WrestleMania 30 um, and then did like a live show at the same time and then they ended up doing a tryout and then we had uh, did the tryout and they told us that hey we're in and then it was history from there oh man so let's see here man so uh, tell us about training man uh you walk in there, they're like, yep, let's do this. You walk in day one. How were you taken? How tough was it? Was it what you expected? Did you get your ass kicked? The tryout was it was a little bit rougher than I thought it would be. Um, but not that It was a little bit rougher, but I had, so, like, it was literally in my brain to become a professional wrestler where I started training. Like, so the time that I dropped out of college, I had started training like that was my thing like go to the gym because i never took the gym seriously like even when i was doing wrestling in high school i was just like you like like i said i love food i was lazy i doing doing the wrestling practice was enough no more so then i started to work out and so by the time that tryout came out i physically was ready like i was ready to go um but still the conditioning had killed me a bit like cardio wise i had cardio wise i thought i was already cardio like going to the gym twice i was doing like two days like running on the treadmill for half hours and like or even i think at that point i was running for like 45 minutes or an hour straight on the treadmill mm. and that conditioning still kicked my ass um <laughs> so it was really hard but i was lucky enough that like my best friend um that I was best friends with in high school. His name is Kit Raff. That's his like wrestling name. Um, we had met in high school because of wrestling mm. and we joined. So like this whole process sounds saying like he was with me for every second well, of it too. Was this so, gentleman part of the basement wrestling federation? He was not, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, he does know about it, but no, <laughs> uh, he, uh, we met in high school. Um, we actually didn't like each other for, we didn't like each other. We, we told each other this later on, but we didn't know that we didn't like each other, but we knew that, like, I knew I didn't like him and he knew he didn't like me. Um, <laughs> That's funny. And then he had uh, found out, overheard that I was going to WrestleMania 28. We were in the same class. And then Bastard. he had, uh, he had uh, asked me, approached me and said, 
you into wrestling? And I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, word, that's cool, man. Like, I, I used to watch wrestling. I don't anymore. And then I could just see this, like, mean person who was mean mugging me for weeks just, like, <laughs> <laughs> drop his guard down to oh. talk to me about professional wrestling because it was not the cool thing to do or talk about. And I was this kid in high school, like, hey, guys, I'm not going to be in school for about a couple of weeks because I'm going to Florida I mean, not a couple of weeks, a couple of days, because I'm going to Florida to go to WrestleMania. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like it was a known thing in school. Like, I wasn't shy about it. And um, and then, like, so he had approached me. And then, like, so I actually got him back into wrestling because he watched, wasn't watching then. And huh. then, yeah, like, then since then, we were, like, best friends hanging out, like, always watching wrestling. And then, like, he had told me he wanted to be a professional wrestler too. And like, that's when we were like, okay, let's make this happen. Well, let me, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but how big a okay. guys when you decided to do this wrestling thing, were you? How like, big? How big, like muscular, I'm tall, sorry? like mus muscular, oh, tall, like what was your size going into this thing? We're, we were 18, 19 year old scrawny kids. Like, I think I was, like, I was, a, I was, I was toning up a bit because I started to work out, but he, on the other hand, wasn't, but he also did jujitsu. Oh. So he wasn't, he wasn't scrawny. He was a little bit, he has a little bit of weight on him. Um, he did at that time too. Um, so he was a little bit huskier, but no like muscle to him, you know? Gotcha. Um, he was just like a doughboy, <laughs> like you said earlier. <laughs> he was a doughboy, and uh, but very conditioned because, you know, he did the whole jujitsu and he had the background to that. So like that's where both of us kind of had experience coming into it because we both had some type of grappling background. Mm. So tell us about this training, man. What was you know, what was just your favorite thing about just showing up at training every you know wherever however many days it was that you did so like i was it just it was like the learning process like i was always like happy to learn like learn all the new things like when we weren't learning a new thing i would get upset <laughs> <laughs> and like i feel bad for getting upset but like i would really get upset because we would like basically learn a new move weekly um that's how like our trainer taught us and like it was i think we were trained to mandatory days i think a week and then we had one day where it was like a free ring which we would always go to anyway so i was training about like three days a week and yeah like learning the new things like every day was awesome were you just and absorbing then, like, it at that point were you absorbing it so fast that you were like dude i need more than one move a week yeah yeah exactly yeah and like we were kind of getting ahead of ourselves like during the free ring day like it was kind of awesome though because our trainer the thing is <laughs> in our class me and my partner kind of knew we were ahead of the other ones a little bit at least um or at least the ones who stood because there would be a lot of athletic kids who would start and then they would kind of fade away yeah and then we we always sticked it out so our trainer kind of, you always saw that our trainer kind of liked us a little bit more 
because we were always there. Was so it, like, was it because those kids couldn't take the pain, blues, and agony of hitting the ropes yeah, and doing the exactly bumps that. and all that kind of stuff? Like a couple days, they're out. Like, and they're out, yeah. And like some of these kids would be like really more, uh, really more in shape than I I was at that point, or any of us. And yeah, they would not stick it out. But most of the time, it was because they were just some real life shit happened to them and it's like <laughs> it's sad but like at the same time like you control your own destiny you know right on right on man dude uh so uh you know trainers mentors friends you know you said your buddy was there but was uh there anyone else that really stuck out that really helped you get out of that moment and like this is this helps me understand yeah, uh, there's a lot of people, honestly, I could think, like, there's a long list, um, hmm. but, like, there's a lot of people even from there, like, because even, you know, branching out of that area of Pennsylvania and being in California there, I've come across more people who have helped me, you know, but, like, in that area specifically at that time, it was, like, guys, like, there's this man named, his name is Redbeard. Um, before Redbeard was a wrestling name now, right. a bigger known name. Um, <laughs> it's a man who literally has a red beard, short and stubby, and he had a tag team partner named Mike Mitchell. And together, he was in shape. Um, Sean Mike was ex-Gleek all to the nine. Not the long hair, short hair, but Sean Mike was copycat. <laughs> Not copycat. He will get mad if you heard that. He will punch me in the face. But, you know. <laughs> You could tell he loves Shawn Michaels, and it's in his mannerisms. It's all there. Um, but as a tag team, they would play a duo that it was like an odd couple, and they were called the Exer guys. And obviously, the short, fat one was not in shape, and the other one was in incredible shape. So it was a really great gimmick where they played a fitness gimmick where they thought they were the better-looking people than anyone. They rejected you know, heavier set people at the same time. And uh, they were, you know, it was like a, they kind of was like making fun of themselves type of way. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, then go I ahead. would have to say, there's also a man named Johnny Moran. Uh, he has helped me even like outside of wrestling, like with real life jobs. Like without him, I wouldn't even be in this position now in California. Because, oh, um, like, with real-life job, they're the ones who actually moved me from Pennsylvania to California. So, man, how long you been doing this between then and now? Uh, about six years, six-plus years. Six years. And, uh, dude, what's the what's the funnest part about being a professional wrestler? You know, um, pa pandemic aside, pandemic aside. It was, like that i reflect back on it it was just like being able to like perform on the weekly basis like in front of live crowd and like you know you just have you have your ups and you have your downs and it's part of the moments and that's what i like i truly miss honestly it's like looking forward to those shows um like my whole week would be based upon the weekend coming up to these shows and just like seeing the crowd, you know, seeing the people that I was going to see, you know, like I would look forward to seeing those people who I would be seeing or 
even if it was a new promotion that was going to, it would be exciting because it's something new, you know? So the opposite of that, no, not what part you hate about pro wrestling. Cause obviously you're a pro wrestler. You can't hate it. So what's the <laughs> toughest part about, you know, being a pro wrestler? Um, the toughest part I would say is like not getting in too much into your own head. Um, cause I think that's where I was, I was at and I still am, but I'm slowly working my way out of <laughs> It's just like not beat yourself up too much. Um, and it's like, it's very gimmicky to say this, but like trust in yourself and believe in yourself it- and just like, Cause it's like, I have a hard time. The I'm saying these words, but I have a hard time even like being comfortable saying these words. Cause it's hard for me to get out of my own head. Is it, is it hard for you to watch yourself or, you know, judge yourself when you see your matches back? Like, do you just like, Oh, that was terrible. You know, yeah. what did I do that for? Yeah. I'm really critical. Um, um, but I'm also really like biased of myself too. Cause then there's a lot of things I do that I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I could do better. And I wish I could do it the way that I have seen someone else do it, you know? But then there's things that I do that where I'm like, yeah, I know I'm good at that. Like, you know, like no one else could really touch me on that. Hmm. So it's like, that's, that's like a mental battle that I go through. That's why it's like not getting into your head too much. It's like, it's like, you can't really, be too up in the ups and too down in the downs. Gotcha. Well, let me ask you about this, man. A, uh, a show on January 25th of 2020, a couple months before the old pandemic hit, you know, suburban fight pro, which is like those guys have shows. There's not even rings that people just fight. I don't know what happened at your show, but I knew, do know that you were in there with a couple boys from here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, Chris Ross and Dave Turner. It sounds like a complete six way match that you're in, man. Uh, tell us about first being in that kind of match. Cause I'm sure it's just a brawl. And then, uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, Chris and, uh, Dave, man, those are some guys from here in the Northwest. They're amazing. Um, <laughs> like they have been open, like so res- open to like, wanting to help ever since I met them, like since day one, like I met them that day and like we were in the same match and they just, all they cared about was helping the other guys in the match, you know, and how to help make the match better. And then ever since that day, like I was been in contact with them and all they've wanted to do is help me, you know, help me grow because I feel like they could see something in me that a lot of people, or they see something in me and like, that's what I love. And like, I love them as people too because like they're funny as shit. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just like meeting them at a point where I think they were at the final end of what they were going through of like taking themselves seriously. Um to now just being dumb. You know what I mean? It's like it's been I would say like I get mixed up on my words, but like it's been inspirational, I guess, yet to me, like just for them to be like, Hey, we're this, and this is who we are. You know what I mean? It's dope. Oh man. They're, they're, they're great guys. They've already been, always been 
you know, uh, even Dave more than maybe Chris, but you know, I don't know Chris as well, but, uh, they're really, really great guys. And, uh, you know, I'm loving their, uh, bash brothers, uh, thing that they're doing now. Yeah. And, uh, I can't wait till, uh, we can get some live wrestling up here in Washington where I can see them live, see yourself live, but, uh, man, they're just really good dudes. But tell us about that match, uh, down there. Was it just a, like a bar brawl type of thing? Yeah, so it was a bar brawl, like, uh, in a bar, basically, and which it was a gay, a gay bar, and it, so it had stripper poles on there <laughs> at certain areas, and it was just, it was a good time. They had, like, a little stage area, too, and it was just, like, it was, I think, about six, seven of us that were all fighting at the same time, so there's just bodies all over the place, so... <laughs> in each corner i think there was some of us fighting yeah i look on uh, cagematch.net and it says jimmy lloyd defeated uh chris ross yeah. dave turner keita murray and a couple other guys that it doesn't name so i think matt justice was in there too mm-hmm. we had one of those uh matches up here those suburban uh pro fights we had like chris Bay. i saw that yeah for like a, did you go to that I, I didn't, I, I couldn't make it for the night. I think it was on a weeknight or a Sunday or something where I worked pretty early the next day. So I, I wasn't able to make it, but, uh, you know, obviously I saw what was going on, on, uh, on, on, uh, social media and stuff, man. It looked like a blast. Yeah. It, no, they're suburban is just a great company as well too. Like I just, they actually just helped me out to be on a music video this past Saturday. Oh, wow. So they're just more than wrestling, honestly. And like, they're, great company to be in contact with oh man anyway man let's uh we're running a little long here but let's get to uh you know being the without a cause stallions champion because uh you know i love without a cause they're up here in everett washington Uh, i'm about an hour maybe just less of a drive from there i'm a sponsor of without a cause i love without a cause max is incredible dude you know dave and chris and uh Man, um, how did this all happen? How did you uh, fall into this uh, Stallions tournament? So uh, I was supposed to make my debut for them last year at uh, Without a Cause Housing, I believe it was. Yeah, It was their mom's show. And I was supposed to wrestle Jaden one-on-one. And the pandemic happened where, and then I wasn't, you know, there was nothing going on. And then they got in contact with me, I guess, the first. Well, they actually wanted to book me on their first set of tapings. And I, unfortunately, it was like, I think it was last minute. And But so they told me, you know, the next set, definitely we have this tournament going on. We would like to have you in there. And then I said, you know, I'm I'm in. Like, I was already free. You, you told me, like, there's a tournament going on. Say no more. And then, so, yeah, like, that was the start of that part. And, like. Cause I stayed in contact with them throughout the whole, you know, pandemic. And even after the whole match with uh, Chris and Dave at suburban fight and chase, you know, chase was a part of that too. Yep. And they helped bring me in. Um, so I'm thankful for them to even give me a spot in the tournament. And I don't know what chase's ass was thinking himself <laughs> against me in the first round, but <laughs> We all know how that went. Yeah, it says right <laughs> here, uh, Keita Murray, 
defeats Chase James. I love Chase, man. He's a, he's a great <laughs> guy. He's our first first without a cause uh, champion and uh, just a good dude, man. That was a man. big deal, you know. And like to me to have my first match for uh, without a cause against him and come out on top, even though he was being a little dick in the match. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to be cool, and then out of nowhere, he started being a little dick towards me, and, you know, just had to show out. Um, yeah, didn't, didn't work out for him to who well did it. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you want to watch, a, oh, what was it, uh, Chase versus uh, Tom Lawler at one of okay. the uh, Without a Cause. I don't know if that one's on uh, IWTV or not, but uh, that's a match that really made Chase, and uh, it was excellent match with him and tom lawler and uh but anyway man congrats to you on uh defeating chase and then okay. it looks like it went on to a four-way right with drexel okay. jacob oso <laughs> and the local celeb steve mm-hmm. miggs man uh did you know any of these folks before you uh got into the ring with them no i did not like well drexel i think i've heard i've heard of them but steve miggs i I think I saw his profile on Twitter, but I didn't know how much of a hated guy he was until afterwards. And you know what? I love it because I kicked him dead in the face. <laughs> Dude, he's a local um, radio DJ, but he he loves pro. There's not a bigger fan in this Pacific Northwest than Steve makes. He loves pro wrestling. He puts it on his shoulder and I'm glad he does. Cause I appreciate it very much. Cause I'm not far behind him as one of the biggest fans of professional wrestling. But, uh, when he started training and, uh, you know, come up with his own gimmick with the, um, Oh, the, uh, the verified championship belt okay. that he brought to without a cause and a three, two, one battle in some That's places. That's a nice man. belt, man. So, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it is man. But anyway, tell us about this. Uh, you show up, you're going to do this four way with these guys. How'd that match? How much fun was it? Um, it was, it was, it was, it was cool. Um, it wasn't a lot of fun because. <laughs> so after Jacob got eliminated, Drexel and Steve decided to team up on your boy. Oh, and like, yeah, but you know, we all know how that one worked out for them too. But um, <laughs> let's just say it was it was a good time though. Uh, I did get to mix it up with Jacob a little bit. Um, I could, you know, I had confidence going into that match, and I could sense a little bit of his like not having as good self-awareness uh ring ring awareness as i do you know and so we did mix it up a little bit and i he eventually got eliminated i do forget how um and then Draxu, oh man he was i don't know know. my man could have been champion but he disqualified himself with a chair yeah he's Uh, a little crazy yeah exactly so you know i said Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> He'll cut you open, though. You got to look out, man. That exactly. man, he does he death matches. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's not there in the head all the way, but he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's all right, dude. He put his fingers in my mouth, too, nasty. Oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, hey, man, you walked away with that beautiful Stallions um, championship of uh, Without a Cause. It, man, it was... It was amazing. How did that make you feel, man? Uh, without a cause, Max and and the folks that the powers that be decided, you know, Keita's the guy. We got to put this on him. Um, it made me feel validated, honestly. Like, 
And I even told Chris that and all Max and everyone. And when I won, I had to sit there for a bit. And it was just, it was a lot. Like, I'm getting goosebumps now. Like, <laughs> even though there wasn't a crowd, it's still like a moment that I knew was something that I needed. And like, I worked towards, I worked and bust my ass towards. Because after a pandemic and after not wrestling for months, like, I'm a champion, you know? <laughs> and it's funny to say that shit now. Like, mm. I still can't believe it, you know? Um, is Like, I had to take it in and, like, actually appreciate that I am this, this champion. Like, I, I deserve it, you know? And that is my spot. And that's where I, des- that's where I am. And that's where I've worked to be at. And that's where I deserve to be at. And if those folks at without a cause decided to put that strap on you, my friend, they believe big time in you. Cause I, I know yeah. these guys, you know, I vouch for, these guys are really, really, really amazing people. And not just those guys, man, the wives of the people, they're just, they're just great folks, man. They're, they're good down, honest, just love pro wrestling and good to people. Yes, I 100% agree. They And they know talent when they see it, that's for sure. Oh, my man. So I cannot wait until we get some live action back up here in uh, Everett and, uh, and, and, and the other promotions here in Washington, you know, Defy and, uh, you know, in Oregon, Prestige and DOA and uh, 5CC up north. And there's quite a few of them over here now. I mean, there are plenty of places to work. But as a sponsor and a lover of WAC, I cannot wait to see you bring that beautiful title and uh, have some great matches in the the VFW Hall. (laughs) It's a great place, man. The crowd will love you. Uh, You'll love the crowd, man. Uh, Great, great stuff has happened in there. I don't know if you've watched Chris Bay and Hammerstone from Without a Cause. Plenty of other matches. They're phenomenal. I will. I have watched that one, but the other ones I will be given a watch. And dude, I, I just want to ask you real quick, um, if you don't mind. Um, it looks like you had a match at NXT or yes, immediately a tryout yes, or yes. something. I, I see they had the big match with Lars Sullivan where, you know, he did what he did and everything like that. Have you had any yep. other tryouts and any other matches besides the match with uh, Sullivan? And what are your thoughts on having that match? So I actually had a match uh, as well that the same weekend um, on SmackDown, but it was under a different name. So um, <laughs> I was in a tag team, and which I beat the current reigning. I didn't even have to pin him, WWE champion, The Miz. <laughs> uh, so I would just like to put it out there. And the person who actually did pin him, Eli Everfly, my tag team partner, who was wait i was he was dave dane bryant i was wayne bryant and we have defeated the wwe champion at this time so we want our shot oh man how you know just real quick how how cool was that the other night i didn't i wasn't watching but i just watched social media you know people are like oh my god the miz what i love that guy man he can run promo he can do a match he's amazing he is and even backstage and like literally watching this man like they had to cut a 
Miz TV segment before our match, and he had lines that he had to remember as well as our match. And, like, just seeing him work backstage and seeing how, like, focused he was on what he had to do for the night, like, the task, and just wanting the best of it, like, talking with Shane, like, Shane McMahon, because Shane was involved as well, too, and, like, just wanting what Shane wanted, like, the best of, and, like, also, like, trying to put in his own input to, like, make it, like, better if he can. It's just a lot more respect. Like, yes, like validated like him winning and being champion is even when he won it the first time you know what i mean (laughs) incredible yeah at the same time like he needs to give me and me and my boy a shot though (laughs) hey man he's got he's got to do it man but anyway man um you know kitty what's your uh what's your ultimate goal in professional wrestling is it wwe what is what is your thing Yes. So uh, that's honestly a question I have been asking myself a lot lately. Um, You know, WWE has always been the goal, and I would believe that it always will be the goal. Um, And but I would also like to see what else I could do for myself. You know what I mean? Like how far I could take myself and become my own brand. Like the bigger thing is to become my own brand, you know, Mm. Um, and I know that comes with a lot of hard work. Um, but I look forward to that or, you know, if the opportunity is there in WWE and I'm happy with where I have come, then, you know, so be it, but, or even any other company, I honestly, my goal is to just be paid to wrestle, you know, that, you know, just be able to make a good, wealthy living off of wrestling. I would say so. Exactly. You want to make that your living. You don't want to have to work, you know, another job nine to five and then out on, on uh, Friday, excuse me, Friday and Saturday and Sunday and do it. Exactly. I understand there's a lot of people who do it just to do that. And that's perfectly fine. If you're content with that, happy with that, you know, got, got good for you, you know, but at the same time, there's people like I would look, I that's what I want to do, you know, and I know a lot of people say that, but they're content with what's going on outside their life as well, too. Oh, man, you got to reach for your goals. And uh, as a young guy, and I'm telling you as an old guy, reach (laughs) out. No, I'm serious, man. Do your thing. Reach out. Get all that you can, you know, whether it's the contract, the money, the stardom, you know, it doesn't matter, man. Do what makes you happy and bring home what you can do to make your living. I will, man. Thank you. Thank hey, you. man, before we head out tonight, man, a few things I got to ask you. Yes. If anyone out there wants to get some merch, how do we do that? Um. So at this moment, there is merch that is a bit outdated. So there is new merch in the making. Um, but you can follow me on all social media at Kita Your Heart. That's K E I T A Y O U R H E A R T. And uh, that's on. Uh, is that Twitter, Instagram, Facebook? That's Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, Snapchat. I'm not a big fan of anymore. <laughs> um, so mostly, you can find me on Instagram. 
that's like my main platform or Twitter as well too. And hey, man, uh, the promotions out here or anywhere else, when they want to get a hold of Kita and you want to book the guy, do we go to those social media things or is there an email? How do they get a hold of you? Um, email, um, it's contact at Kita Murray at Gmail. Please, if you're a fan and you're listening to this, do not contact me on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I try to keep it. I try to keep it very, uh, you know, separate aside from any. That's professional, you know. It's so bookings, if people. A fan wants. Yeah, if you want to book me there, if you want to talk to me, Instagram. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And uh, you know, before we head out, my man, uh, what's your final thoughts? You know, on anything you want to put out there before we hit the stop button tonight. Um, I would just like to tell people to be happy being you. There are honestly tough times going on right now. And I know everyone is in a state of flux where they don't know what's going on and they don't know how to continue. Um, just push through and keep on going. That's all we could do. Kita, you're very inspirational. I'm so happy. I finally got to talk to you, man. And, uh, I enjoyed talking to you. It seems like we could just, you know, Keep Thank the button you, going and keep talking forever. And we'll talk again another time because uh, I'm sure once the wrestling gets going again, we're going to have a whole lot more to talk about, my man. Oh, we will. Um, just keep your eyes out on the TVs, I would say, within the next couple of weeks. Um, I would say local TV as far as, like, a certain championship wrestling TV mm-hmm. um, from a certain area of Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think we'll catch that, my friend. <laughs> but there you go. I'll just say um, there's some things brewing up in that area. So keep an eye out for Excellent, sure. Excellent, um, man. Kita, thank you so much. And I cannot wait to see your ass beating the <laughs> hell out of someone at Without a Cause in Everett, Washington at live, my friend. Hell yeah, me too, man. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good night. You too. Thank you. This episode recorded at the Bigfoot headquarters. This has been a Swagamore production production.